All right, so as mentioned, um, I was excited to get the chance to see all of you again, talking to you, Mace, in particular about the Cotton Bowl yesterday yes. and everything that was going on, but different circumstances have very arisen, different. and we've had a very different show today. Needless to say, Happy New Year to both of you. It's good to see you guys again. Uh, good to see you guys. Hope the new year was good. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's just kind of throw it out there, Mace, when you were, were you watching the game yeah, last night yeah. as it happened, and yep. what, what kind of went through your head? You know what's weird is, the the hit was so ordinary. Yes, it was such a it was such just. I mean, he tackled T. Higgins was basically what happened, and it wasn't one of those situations where I mean, it wasn't Joe Theismann, it wasn't no. Alex Smith, it wasn't any of those things where you would think about continuing the game, and they did continue with the game in those situations. I have never seen anything as chilling as him on the field knowing that he was getting CPR. Um, you know, that hit, I think I, I was thinking over the weekend, you know, that, that hit probably happens 200 times a weekend. At yeah. least. Yeah. At least. It, it, it's a hit that has happened tens of thousands of times over the course of the history of the NFL. Yep. Tens of, of college football, of high school football. Yeah, and, on and, the ball, and off the ball. There's collisions in every play, yeah. and this was the one that had this particular result. It took a moment to process it almost. They, wait, it can't be that hit right there because it was – Typical, yeah. right? you know, atypical result, but the actual contact itself was pretty typical. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way when you, um, like when you, I was, I was actually at the Clippers Heat game last night, and so we had just finished with Eric Spolstra pregame mm -hmm. coaches conversations, and and then people started texting about it on Twitter and or texting about it or whatever. You saw the play, and I was standing there with this person from the Miami Heat, and they said, "Yeah, it was you know the the team doctors were kind of looking around, and everybody were." kind of wondering what you know what 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 this was and we didn't have the the tv broadcast to fill it in but um you know when you see like a you drive by a car accident and you see somebody on you know and you can tell something really bad happened yeah. and it's just hard to you can't shake that mm -hmm. like that's yeah. just in your head you know for a long time sure afterwards. It is. and it's on some level we know that there is danger associated with anything you do in life like anything you drive down the street and mm -hmm. playing football that anything like this can happen at any time but because the, like i heard kirk saying earlier like i've never seen this happen like apparently this does happen this like a, a sudden trauma like that can mm -hmm. can cause your heart to, yeah i mean to you mentioned like who was the hockey player uh chris pronger yeah. chris pronger yeah um, he yeah. was hit with a puck in, yeah. in during the course of a game yeah that resulted in something eerily similar Almost to this yeah. exactly made a full recovery again was in <laughs> it feels odd to say it this way but it was in the right place at the right time yeah. in the sense of surrounded by medical professionals surrounded Correct. by people who know how to respond Quickly. to an emergency yep. situation mm -hmm. and hopefully we're saying the same thing about Damar Hamlin in a few yeah. days hopefully we're all doing the same thing it's really hard to 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 uh, see something like that right and and just go on like i they played the basketball game afterwards all those right. guys like you know they they played and and uh and it was it's it kind of makes you feel weird going about your day afterwards even. you know it was the other thing i think that magnifies it all is that it was like the game yeah. of the weekend sure. yeah it was Isolated the game, game that yep. we all were watching mm -hmm. because it was for you know for the on, afc yeah, number one really seed. good team yep. sure. and so i i think everybody was tuned into it and i think that's one of the reasons why it's so magnified and t has touched so mm. many people is that there was a gigantic audience for that game yeah. in retrospect 
I mean, obviously, they were not going to continue that game. No, but it, no. did, it, it did seem like for a moment there, there was some uncertainty about, hey, what do we do? For all the reasons right. that you said, th- this is an important game. This does determine seedings. This does determine a, a variety of different things. I, maybe the timeline was a little bit slower than anybody would have hoped for in the moment. But, but, it, it, I, but I, I they heard, got it right. I heard some they criticism right. of that. You know what? It, it, you they got want, it right. You want to process that information, yeah. right? Yeah, you sure. want to Instant. make decisions both from the field and from uh, New York yep. and collaborate on that and decide exactly what the 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 best way forward is. I think they were always going to reach that conclusion. Correct. Um, but it did take them a little while, and that's okay. They were being thoughtful. They were being sensitive. They were being smart mm-hmm. about about what happened, um, and recognizing that. So, so I read an article. Apparently, the audience or the crowd there just became stone cold still mm-hmm. and quiet. Mm-hmm. the The crowd knew that something out of the ordinary had happened, and something terrible yeah. had happened. I was at the Rose Bowl yesterday, and. Uh, Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, is running with the ball. Yep. And you see him get hit hard. Mm -hmm. And I had my binoculars with me. And so you kind of, and you could see him talking to the trainers. He was obviously in a great deal of pain. Sure. But he was coherent. He was talking. He said, okay, they're going to move him off. They're going to bring in the backup. And this game will continue. And we get so used to seeing. Players, players get hurt, get hurt yes. especially in football, where yeah. you get banged up. Yep. And maybe you know, maybe it's bad. Maybe it, like you mentioned, Mace. Maybe it's a broken leg. Maybe it's a you know a dislocated shoulder. It could be something terribly painful. But you're not worried about the the life of the person that's Correct. been injured. Correct. That's what last night it went from. Okay, he's hurt. Maybe he fainted, or we, you don't right, know. You don't know. To, They've been working on him for nine minutes doing CPR. To I don't know how and to. You're seeing react the reaction of the every reaction from the NFL players player was just and the coaches. Yeah, the, it, they were circled up. Mm-hmm. They were. I mean, well, also like, have you ever? Have you see, like the the woman I was talking to from the Miami Heat she said they were at this hotel in I don't know if it was Denver, or Salt Lake, and she, they saw somebody get hit by a car, like yeah. literally, and the team bus was leaving. And you saw it, like you hurt, like you saw somebody get really, really hurt. And she's like, I keep calling there to find out, like, what mm. happened to that person. Like, there's this when you see something that horrific live, like you can't sleep after. You can't. Have you ever process covered that. an event where somebody's been? I saw Paul George when he broke his leg. Like I was yeah. right there. Yeah, when Paul George ran into the um, stanchion and yeah, UNLV, that. and like yeah. you saw his, I saw his leg break. I mean, it was yeah. just, just terrible. But it's a totally different thing seeing a horrific injury like you feel terrible about that you're sick about it it's awful but this is life and death that's like a complete this is like you can't as human beings we all know that those risks are out there every time we step outside our doors or even inside our doors like bad things happen all the time but we somehow find a way to go about our lives and 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 compartmentalize somehow but then when you see something so awful right there and the entire nation is watching it like yes you kind of just have to sit up straight and process it for a little while and, like and you, you can't get, just compartmentalize and move on i don't even know how those guys are gonna it'll be hard for them to play next week tomorrow, right, but and, they you, will. and you don't get they, the you, know. you don't get the assurance right like right. we were talking about it it's just so common in sports or common in the yeah. nfl that if a stretcher comes out and a player is that badly injured they give that thumbs, thumbs up, up or they yeah. give that yeah. you, you have that and 
you clearly, obviously, were not going to get that yesterday. Right. So it did leave, like you were saying, and then Spolstra's done, and you get all the information, and now you got to go. You don't want to go do any of that. So I'm sure a lot of the players yeah, kind of felt that I was there to like go that's talk disconnected. to people for a LeBron story I'm going to do. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to some Miami Heat people. Like I was going to grab Udonis Haslam and some, you know, maybe Spo after his press conference, and I was like. I kind of feel like a jerk, like mm. trying to yuck it up about yeah. LeBron and his, his scoring record. Right, right now, you, you know. You, <laughs> like, well, like, going yeah. back to Especially what you those, said, you know, that look, they're, they're scheduled to play a game this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know. As how, of this, as of this moment, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. Right, there's going to be somebody on that team, m- multiple somebodies. I, I can't play today. Yeah, I, I can't do, and, and and it's the most human thing in the world. Sure, to to I I just saw somebody who, worst case, is my teammate. Yeah, my friend, mm-hmm. my brother, somebody mm-hmm. that I love, yeah. somebody yeah. that I that is fighting for their life, and hopefully by the time we get to the weekend, we have some clarity and it's good news. But I I would certainly understand the impulse to say like I just can't go out there and do this, and yeah, I, I you just use the word that I I'm incredibly amazed by professional athletes i've said this to demarco i've said this to kirk to key all the guys that i know that have played professional sports i think the thing that they're better at than regular people like we are is compartmentalization yeah i'm not worried about what happened two days ago i'm not worried about what's going to happen two days from now i'm worried about today sure and and i need to get ready to do this today i don't know how you get that out of your mind even for five minutes much less three hours to play a game plus he was and i was watching the espn buffalo bills uh reporter who happened to be in and went they flew to cincinnati and she was talking about how beloved that he was or is in that locker room Mm -hmm. for that team and i don't know if you saw this or not but he was having a toy drive yeah. For uh the, city, the latest numbers. The city of Pittsburgh. Last time I saw it had raised over four million dollars. Four point six now. Four point six million dollars. Hundred and sixty two thousand people have donated. Wow. Wow. Extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. And a beloved guy apparently in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin. Mike has Tomlin talked was about talking it. about him yeah. too. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Emily brought this up about watching sports where there is inherent violence sure. like football yeah. right and and seeing something that is as emotionally upsetting as what we saw last night is does it change the way that you and for me something like this i'm gonna go back a little bit seeing what happened to tua tagovailoa a few weeks ago yes like, guys what the hell are we doing here why why is he out there the could have been prevented. doctors let him do it why did the yeah. team let him do it yeah. why, why did anybody how did this how did we get to this point and you can Anger, I think, is a reasonable emotion in sure. these situations. This was just a random ass accident. Yes, yeah. that, Freak that, accident. that was just it just happened. No, nobody did, made a dirty play. Right, nobody was in a violation of the rules. Yeah. No, nope. nobody was being unsafe. The doctors didn't do anything. Nobody did anything wrong. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to process as a fan, just knowing that. Uh, sadly just weird you know what happens once in a while yes. and unfortunately it happened last night yeah and i think yeah it, it, there is always that question of you know like do you want your kids to play football and all that stuff i don't know that this necessarily because it was yeah a one and who knows how doesn't many fit into how some of the other conversations right it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't figure into the concussion conversation or the even the player safety conversation it no. doesn't figure into because this is this is what football players do he tackled t higgins and 
had to have you know you wonder if if he had some sort of pre-existing so i want to play something for you mace this, this is uh where to go here it's dr jonathan reiner okay, okay. he was on cnn this morning because i had the same thought that you did like i mean does he have arrhythmia a does pre-existing he have condition pre-existing. And arrhythmia does he have some sort of you know cardiac abnormality that yes. led to this problem and listen to this explanation because it sounds like this just occasionally ha- you get hit just right just or just right. wrong this can happen this is a, a life-threatening uh, event almost certainly what what happened uh, mr hamlin is something called commotio cordis which is basically a cardiac arrest caused by a you know sharp blow to the chest at precisely the wrong moment the heart is governed by electrical impulses and if the heart is struck at basically the wrong millisecond in the usual cycle of these electrical impulses, it can cause uh, a catastrophic arrhythmia called ventricular fibrillation. And that would take about six seconds for the person to pass out. Mm. And when you look at the tape, Mr. Hamlin made the tackle, he got hit in the chest, he got hit right over the heart, got hit in the left side of the chest, that was the blow. Uh, he got up one or two seconds later, and one or two seconds later, he collapsed. And that's how long it takes for you to pass out after your heart fibrillates. The heart beats in a coordinated fashion. When the heart fibrillates, when the ventricle, the big, thick pumping chamber of the heart fibrillates, instead of squeezing rhythmically and hard, it quivers. And when the heart muscle quivers, it can't pump blood. And when it can't pump blood, the blood pressure drops to zero. And that takes about six seconds. And that's almost exactly the time. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network frame for mr hamlin to go down again so the doctor there i guess it's dr jonathan reiner correct says it's 
he got hit just mm -hmm. in whatever the heart was in whatever phase of doing whatever got hit in, on the left side of the chest and that potentially i mean it's it is a fluke right it's a freak thing seems it's to just be. one in 10 million thing i mean yeah. you know how, how many hits are there in a football game hmm. right and we're talking about hits hits nfl about high college school, high college. school yep. i mean it, like it made me think about you know i played baseball growing up i played softball like how many times do they say let the ground ball hit you in your chest right. like jeez hmm. like, yeah i didn't even know this was a thing apparently this baseball is, it has happened yeah uh lacrosse it has happened any hockey hockey it's happened that if you're actually yeah. taking the the uh, you're if you're absorbing hmm. uh the the puck or the lacrosse ball or whatever it is the baseball um it can hit you just at the wrong moment in the right spot Jeez. Well, I know that you guys will keep everybody up to speed yes. on, on, on what's yeah. coming up next. Um, we know now what we knew several hours ago, which yes. is he is in the hospital in Cincinnati. He is sedated. He is in critical condition. And we're waiting to hear more from that. Yes. And, and according to one of the other doctors that we heard for, this may take several days before there's any meaningful information. Yes, that these sorts said of was normal. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, this, that sometimes there's a full recovery, like Chris Pronger. Sometimes there are other outcomes. Um, but... The time that it's taken to get to this point is not unusual. Well, I listened to the show today. You guys were great. So, Thank you. Wish we didn't have to do it. Obviously, uh, we'll get back to doing what we do sooner than later, but yep. uh, we're all thinking of Tamar Hamlin, so yes. we'll hand it off to you guys, and, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. All right, uh, so we're going to keep you up to date on the story involving Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, who collapsed last night uh, during the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. And uh, not the show we had planned for today, but uh, definitely one that we got to do. Um, we're going to talk to Kirk Morrison. We're going to talk to Toy Cook. Uh, we're going to talk to John Ireland's going to join us at 3 o'clock to talk about it. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I think that what's weird is Momo it it to watch it, and I know you were at the game. Yep. Travis was at the Rose to watch it, and I was watching it live. Uh, it was it was traumatic. Yeah, I mean, it was traumatic to watch and to wonder and to try to figure out what was going on as those players circled around yeah. him, whether standing or on their kind of sheltering him yeah. while this was going on, while the CPR was being administered. And it's it's just, it, it, it felt so scary even as a fan to watch. Did you um, did you watch the rest of the, like, you know, because there, oh, yeah. there's a lot of, there was a, I wasn't watching the, the broadcast, I was just kind of following on Twitter because yes. we were at the game. And, um, it was there was information coming on the broadcast and you're kind of hanging on it a little and I was I was finding myself searching Twitter for updates yes yes and then I was almost getting mad at the what I was finding on Twitter like some certain people were throwing things out and I was just like I, you know what the, uh, at some point you realize how serious it is that it really should just be coming through his family yes right like if it was your son or brother or cousin or whatever it's like you wouldn't want the whole world like sending out random like some random reporter you've never heard of right putting out something and then um and i think though that it was there was this the reason why it hits so deeply is because of how fluky random this could happen on any hit at any moment right 
And we all live with that every day. Like to me, it's like uh, you live with this ex- this risk in your life every day, and you find a way to live your life and not think about it. But then you see something like that that's so traumatic and so serious, and and it's like it just it's a reminder. Yeah, of and, and how fragile everything is. In particular, is. football players are playing yeah. such a you know such a violent game. I mean, I yep. I'm always amazed when I see a guy get hit. Yep. I'm always like, God, how does that guy even get up at that point? Um, and that I think we've become inured to. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're used to seeing guys get hurt and carting off the field. I mean, good or bad, that's what we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. But we're not accustomed to seeing this. I mean, when I cover sports, I think that's actually part of the appeal of sports is that people might get a little hurt but they don't it's not too serious usually it's something you can right. recover from so you you don't you, there's this you're watching them pl- they, they, i mean it's literally the games people play mm-hmm. the word play yeah it's not this isn't war this isn't like this is something you watch and people are playing and they might sprain an ankle or hurt a knee ligament and be out for a while but they're okay and when you you know i've covered um i remember i covered a boxer and uh one of his opponents that he fought died afterwards it was like a you know a head injury and a traumatic after a fight and it happens a little more in boxing yeah and it's it's like the nature of the sport it's like literally the nature of that sport and you have to somehow find a way to live with that but it's it's really hard to watch especially on the stage that we all saw that yesterday yeah so i thought afterwards first of all i thought joe yeah. buck um did exactly what Joe Buck needed to do in that mm-hmm. situation. He and Troy were both unbelievably professional and well-spoken and told the story and allowed the story to breathe a little bit. Yeah. Like it was okay to be quiet during yep. stretches last yep. night. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, they kicked it to Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark was on it. And I thought Ryan Clark was fantastic. Was absolutely fantastic. I want to play a clip from that. I think the, the first thing, this is this um, this is about DeMar Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream. That a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career. And there was probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And... When DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player. Right. This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I um, I dealt with this before and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it 
And now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, I think, to be on that spot as a broadcaster, mm -hmm. but, yeah. you know, he brought a perspective that only a former player could yeah. bring. Uh, and I thought that uh, ESPN last night after the game did a really, really nice job uh, in terms of delivering the story, uh, the facts, but also capturing the fear and the emotion and everything that went along with that injury last night. And Momo, I don't know about you, but I I believe in the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody's saying, I mean, it's a cliche to say thoughts and prayers, but I do think there are people praying for him right now. And I think that's unbelievably Power. powerful and means something and is contributing to what we hope will be a full recovery for this guy. And so if you are, uh, you know, say, say a prayer. Because I think that's unbelievably powerful. So, I was, uh, this kind of show is really difficult to do. Because it is, uh, it is emotional. And it is a, it's a, a tragic story. We hope it's not, you know, it, we hope he's fine. We hope he's fine. And if you're just tuning in, uh, DeMar Hamlin is hospitalized at a Cincinnati Trauma Care Center, and he is uh, sedated. Um, he is, from our understanding, intubated. Uh, and it may be some time before we know mm -hmm. exactly his prognosis, his recovery time, all that stuff. And I, I've got to believe that there's going to be a recovery time. I've just got to believe that. You have to, um, you know, we all want information, right? And yes. you want to have feelings about it. In a way, I heard somebody saying earlier, it'd be easier if you were upset about, you know, Travis talked about Tua. Like, right. okay, why is he out there? We're mad about concussions. And kind of can't be mad at anything here. Like, no. this is just an awful terrible thing that happens sometimes like yes. and apparently i didn't know it happened i have never seen this i have not either i, and I it, mean we've seen things God. like you know we we've seen you know daryl stingley yeah. leave the field paralyzed yeah um but we've never seen anything like no. this we've never seen a player actually getting cpr on the field yeah I guess there are times, and I can't recall specific times, but I guess there are times that an ambulance rolls onto yep. the field, but I can't think of the last instance of that. Um, but it's chilling. It was chilling to watch. Yeah. And again, I said this earlier, but I think that because the game 
was the kind of the showcase game of yep. the weekend. I mean, it was Josh Allen versus yeah. Joe Burrow, and, and and it's you know playing for seeding in the in the playoffs and all that stuff. Um, everybody was watching. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were watching. I would imagine that that show uh, that that may have been the highest rated Monday Night Football game of the year for ESPN, mm-hmm. and I think that magnifies things because so many people yeah. were watching. So many people. Bergman would. What are you thinking? I, I'm thinking that this is just, it's an extremely scary time. I mean, yeah. the fact that he was on the ground, you didn't see him give the thumbs up that you no. get from a lot of people. You didn't see a lot of the the situation where you're like, all these different people, even if they're paralyzed, which is awful, they're, a lot of times they raise their hand or they do it and they're awake and they're, a lot of things are, you can see the movement from them. Yeah. And not seeing that movement just made the gravity of this so much larger and we're not seeing anything from it and not hearing anything which makes it even scarier we don't want to speculate like you've been saying but it's just we want to know what's happening and we just can't yeah we just can't and we may not know anything for i also some think like time. there's a there's a sort of social media quality of it too where before we were all so connected you, you would have seen it and there would have been you'd talk amongst yourselves you talk to your friends or whatever it is but like this is like the whole, well, you talked about prayer. I mean, the the whole world was watching it and talking about it, tweeting about it. You're con- this whole world is connected on it yeah. in a way that I don't think we've been before. You're right. I mean, it happens in the social media age. The information gets shared very, very quickly. Um, we've seen NFL players from across the mm-hmm. league uh, react to this in a very emotional way. It's It's hard to imagine... And I'm guessing that at some point it's going to happen. At some point, they're probably going to resume that. It's not going to be this yeah. week. It's not going to be. It, it it may be a while, but at some point they're going to pick up that game. I assume from where it left off. And I, those players. I mean, how do you do that? Well, how do you this, go back? By the way, you've got to yeah. go back to that moment. Field, that moment. Do they pick up the game where it was? Do they do they just play next week's game and then kind of see if they need to make up the game? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a it's not something anybody can think about the next day because I I know how I feel like when I when I um, saw I mean I just thought to myself of how many times I've had the exact kind of like you know when you're playing soccer and you use your chest to trap a ball like yeah. to stop the ball or you're I mean how many times do I feel the ground ball and the coach would say like let it hit you in the chest yeah right like I didn't even know that was a really scary thing yeah and all these you know there but for the grace of God this didn't happen to me one of these times yeah like, it's just it's such a um, a scary thing when something so random happens in what we consider a mundane play, right? Yeah, yeah. A typical play, a typical tackle. There was nothing out of the ordinary about that tackle. It just, um, and it's it's hard for us as human beings to process events like that. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, uh, the family a family spokesperson uh, was on with uh, Robin Roberts on Good Morning America uh, earlier today. So we'll bring you that again. Uh, not uh, not a usual show here at all, Mason and Momo. Uh, Mason and Ireland show, we're covering uh, Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, who's hospitalized in Cincinnati. Mason and Ireland, 710 ESPN. And we will continue to keep you updated on what's going on with uh, DeMar Hamlin and uh, what was just a, a chilling night in Cincinnati uh, as he collapsed after... What appeared to be a routine hit on yep. T. Higgins, um, and uh, as as one of the doctors had said, 
about six seconds after that hit, he stood up and then collapsed. Yeah. And you knew it was very serious when uh, the medical professionals rolled in, when the players circled him, um, kind of protecting him from cameras. F- from cameras and from seeing exactly what's going on. Um, a little bit earlier this morning on uh, Good Morning America, family spokesperson Jordan Rooney talked with uh, Robin Roberts. We're going to bring in representative for NFL player DeMar Hamlin's family, and that is Jordan Rooney. And I know that you're there at the, at the hospital with the family. Jordan, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. We saw your tweet. Um, you updated DeMar's condition not long after he got to the hospital. How is he doing this morning? So I can't speak specifically on his medical condition. I will say is that, you know, he's fighting. He's a fighter. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the moment it, there needed to be some clarity that, you know, he, he was at a he was awake at that time and um, now he's sedated. So, um, you know, the family's in good spirits. We're honestly just taking it minute by minute, hour by hour. And, and talk more about his family. How, how are they holding up right now, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his family's remarkable. I mean, they, they are a tremendous group of people. Um, they're strong. I mean, they're, they're supportive. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously they're worried. Um, DeMar's very close with his family. I hope that they feel the prayers that are being said for him right now. And, and how long have you known him? Tell us about the DeMar you know. Yeah, so um, so I'm a marketing agency, athlete marketing agency in Pittsburgh. I actually know DeMar because uh, him being a Division I football player reached out to me to be an intern for me, um, which is something that is pretty unique. And the reason why is because he's always interested in being an entrepreneur and wanted to build his own brand. And he interned for me, and then we just became super, super close. Uh, so now, you know, we're, we're partners in a business together. Um, you know, we collaborate on a lot of things. And we're, we're really good friends. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you were able to make it there. You weren't in Cincinnati at the time, but you got there as fast as you could. So talk to us about the scene there at the hospital. We know that fans from both teams are showing up to, sh- to show their support. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely been a lot of fans. There's been a lot of traction. There's been a lot of uh, people coming by. Um, you know, I think what's most important is to, to give the family their privacy. I think it's, you know, it's tough when you, you see someone on TV or you watch someone play a sport. You, you kind of, uh, you know, view them as a human a lot of times. This is a, it's a human being. His family is, is very much going through, uh, you know, going through a lot right now. So, you know, I think it's important for everyone to just kind of remember that, that this is a person. And, you know, his family's trying to work through everything. So there you have the uh, spokesperson for the family who uh, says he's uh, in in business with uh, Demar has a small business with him. Um, I thought, Momo, you've never been as a reporter in a spot, or what's the closest you've ever been? And talk about sort of the mm-hmm. reporting and the way you've got to be very, very careful. Well, I mean, the the worst thing I ever covered was when Kobe died. Yeah, I mean, that right, was the, the absolute worst thing I've ever had to do. Like, yeah. It was just... Um, and I was one of the first reporters to drive out there and yep. be there and I was live on the scene and it was like, uh, this is somebody that I knew really well. And, and there was no, you know, initially the, the first question is, well, you have to confirm what happened. Right. Like you have to confirm that he's passed. Mm-hmm. And this was with Kobe. I was like, and <laughs> I made a call or two. Um, I remember a couple people I called because obviously I know people who are close to Kobe, yeah, right? right. And, um, and I remember none of them answered, and I felt like such a 
you feel like a total jerk even making this call, right? right. It's like your job to do it, but you feel like a jerk doing it. Um, and uh, and then I had this horrible thought that these people that I'm calling might have been with him. Right. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, a lot of the people I called, you know, sometimes flew the helicopter with him, right? Like, that was yeah. a truly terrible thought to have and and actually none of the people I called were that day um but I think I couldn't get myself to push really hard to get that confirmation that was something I just thought like like I remember I called the sheriff's department and I called the spokespeople and the you know like you call the 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 police and the authorities and you just ask for the confirmation and the details but like they couldn't even handle any calls. I think I got through to LAPD or Sheriff's Department. They said, we'll call you back. <laughs> I don't think you will, but okay. And um, and I, I kind of just, I at some point, I just I maybe spent 10, 15 minutes trying to confirm that. And then I said, you know what? This isn't going to be what I'm going to be doing right now. That's not, you know, right. my job. Uh, it is my job, but I'm going to do a different part of sure. it, which is to get in the shower, get out the door, and get to the scene. Yep. Because I knew that, you know... Um, that was where the story was, but also where I needed to be. And, um, it was a, like, on the, like, I, I definitely took a, a couple of minutes to just kind of sit there and cry and my hands are shaking. Like it was, it was like a horrible thing. And like, yeah. I don't know these, the reporters on the scene last night. Um, it's really awful. Cause I, when you're there and you see, when you see it up close, I'm sure like you and I, we could see it on TV. Right. But it's a little different when you're there. I mean, sure. the, the the visceral feeling, like Lisa Salter, she's on the field. Booger McFarland, yeah. they're on the yeah. field. They're there. They can feel and see how serious it is. It's, it, you, you think you can feel it through the TV, and I'm sure you watching live felt that, yeah. but not the way that people on the field do. No, and uh, and not the way people in that stadium did. Yeah. I mean, the stadium no. was stone cold it's awful. silent. It's a thing that you'll never forget or get out of your head. And, yeah. and I just hope... Um, I, what I what I I keep thinking about the power of prayer too of uh, as awful and tragic as this event is, the fact that it happened where there are first responders right there. Yeah, like if this happened somewhere else, you probably don't have a chance. No, like this is a normally a fatal occurrence, right? Yeah, right. And so if this happens anywhere else but where it did, yeah, like I mean that there there's something positive in the in the sense that he had a chance and they got us heartbeat restored on the field yes that's that is something you know i thought watching it last night joe buck was exemplary and he i mean yeah. he always is joe buck is the best um and it was such an ordinary play as we've yep. been saying um joe buck said here's t higgins wide open to midfield lowers his shoulder for 13 right camera cut away to a fan then Troy Aikman started saying, this is where Joe Burrow is so good. Huh. Buck interrupted, another Bills player is down. Aikman said, I can't tell exactly who that is. Buck responded, maybe DeMar Hamlin. Um, Buck went on to say his natural instinct at the moment uh, was not to talk. It's the last thing I want to do is put my words to a serious situation. It's very counterintuitive as a football play-by-play guy about somebody having CPR administered to him in the center of the stadium with 65,000 people in it and a nationally televised audience. It's just a weird place to be. He says, I think being quiet is okay. Having it be reverent and quiet is okay because the stadium was stone cold quiet and the players 
were in utter shock. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that's one of those situations where y- you do take a step back as a as a broadcaster. It, maybe yeah. somebody else would have talked their way through the entire thing. Joe Buck did a, a really nice job of balancing providing information with that quiet for reverence and a level of seriousness that went along with what he had just uh, seen. Um, I think also there was, I mean, I can just imagine what was happening in the truck. Like oh, as you're yeah. broadcasting this, like, should we show this? Should we go to commercial? Yep. Like what, you know, and, and it, when you're on live like that, there's, it's really, you have to have really good judgment and really good feel for the moment because this is like when, you know, I was watching the, the replays of it because I didn't see it live. I just kind of saw it on yeah, Twitter right. and what people were posting. Um, and eventually I went in the press room to watch on TV and it was like, how how long should we be staying with this live shot here? Yeah. I, I almost feel like it's, if it were me or somebody I knew really closely, I wouldn't want the whole world watching this trauma. Like it's not. Oh yeah. yeah. It feels like an invasion of privacy yes. on some level. Yes. And it was you know? good that those guys gathered up around Yeah. Here. Like there was a there was a to sort of shield him from yeah. you know cameras and fans looking in. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna continue to follow this story very very closely, uh, and the moment we know anything or there's an update, we're gonna bring that to you. Um, but we're also gonna talk about some other stuff. Um, USC lost. Lakers won again. Again. Uh, So we'll touch on some of that stuff uh, coming up for you as well. Mason and Ireland, 710 ESPN. All right, so it's the uh, first show of 2023. And I will tell you, I had a bunch of uh, really cool, interesting, funny stuff planned. Uh, But all that uh, goes to the side, uh, given what happened last night with Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, and that Cincinnati-Buffalo game. And uh, if you're just tuning in, he has been sedated. We uh, understand that he's been intubated. uh, And he is in critical condition at a trauma care center in Cincinnati. And we're going to try to mix in some other stuff because there's, uh, no matter what, we will absolutely uh, keep you up to date on what's going on here. Um, Momo, what else is in your head? Um. Oh, you, on yeah. Other things. On other things. What's you know? It was it was interesting because I've I've been uh, I went to the game last night, the Clippers Heat, and uh, it was the first time I had done uh, professional things for since our last show that you and I right, did last week. Right. And it was weird because I've been home with Daniel a lot, and I've been home with Jacob a lot, and I just um, I've been in like total mom land. Like, I mean, yeah, like, right. You know when your kids are. Um, like Daniel just wants to go to the ice cream store every day. Yeah, doesn't right. matter that it's raining. Right, <laughs> it right. Doesn't matter. So um, it's it's uh, it's nice when you have little little guys running around, right? Because they just sure. Like it was just fun. We went to the ice cream store and he gets so excited. And then there's a food truck across the street and he wants to get the French fries from the yeah. food truck. Right. And as he's waiting for the for the food truck, he's like French fries, French fries, and he's so excited. And there's yeah. that like delight. And um, that's one of the things like when you when you have little 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 dudes around you, like it's hard to they get you out of all this, you know. Sure, all, all this sad stuff, right? All this sad stuff. Um, yeah, and and I think as we go through, uh, you know, we go and turn the page into into twenty twenty three. I'm always a big uh, New Year's person, like a re- resolutions Are person. You? So I've been thinking about things I want to do different and better, and um, 
this this next year. So I've I've been in that place for the last yeah, week or so. Yeah, I think it's a natural time to yeah. be doing that to evaluate the year that just passed and yeah. think about what's what's coming. Uh, I was listening to the USC game yesterday. We were so it was because it was raining, and I took Danny to the. Uh, ice cream store mom of the year right there yeah um <laughs> like it's all cold and rainy let's get some more ice cream we just sat in the car and ate where yes. i could turn on the heater so it wouldn't be so cold and we were what, listening to the sc game and when i turned it on uh it was right at the beginning of the uh fall apart at right the end so we had it in the bag yeah and i was like wait are they really gonna lose to tulane <laughs> like is that really gonna happen yeah. how many how many how long i didn't even know tulane had football still like that was yeah, a, they had an amazing turnaround this year. Yeah. They were a three-win team last year and and turned it around and yeah. and yesterday, I mean they I there were so many USC fans in the crowd. I don't know if you got to see any of the game, but I was they, just listening, they yeah. kept zeroing in on USC fans and <laughs> USC fans all had that look of yeah, uh, we've seen this before. Yeah. We've seen this before. Um and sure enough that defense completely completely collapsed and uh it was disappointing i Juan looked at me and said it's just a bowl game yeah i know it feels like that just a bowl game yeah but it was still really frustrating to watch but how much was that on the defense and how much was it on the the kickoff i don't remember who was that that had fumbled the kickoff out of bounds he he called for a fair catch yes and then it went at the one yard line i mean that changed everything and dropped the ball out of bounds and then the and play calling was from the end awful. zone was terrible. Ran it up the gut a couple of times. It wound up being a safety. Got to kick the ball off. So, I mean, as much as you can blame the defense because they allowed Tulane to stay in the game, that was the killer. That it was, was your offensive, killer. And it was your offensive play calling in the end zone. Yeah, I didn't understand the offensive play yeah. calling. Um, it was really, I think it was first down up the gut, mm-hmm. second down up the gut, and a safety. Yeah. Uh, and then you're kicking the ball off and giving them every opportunity. That is an absolute weird game for USC to have to play, though. Okay, you have the letdown of not playing in the national championship game. Yep. You have an an opponent that I mean, no offense to Tulane, but it's they're not exactly a blue blood in football. Right? No, it's not the no. same as playing Ohio State, correct? Or Georgia, which they probably would, who would they have played? Probably Ohio State or Georgia. In the in the in the national, in the championship, national game? championship game, Georgia, Georgia, they would have been the four, and they oh. played Georgia. Yeah, it's a little different. It is, you know, it's a bit of a letdown game. Okay, then you have it's the Cotton Bowl. It's not the same as playing in, you know, the I guess they would have been the Peach Bowl, right? Yeah. So that was the that was the semifinal. Uh, it's the Peach and the uh, the one in Arizona. Fiesta, Fiesta, Fiesta. Yeah. and then uh, you know, and then the national championship is at. Um, it, you know, it's it's like that's a total letdown game, and it just as Juan said, it's just a bowl game, so the players feel that too. But it felt like an, a continuation yes. of what we saw during the season. Yes, they gave up points and yardage to yep. everybody, even teams like yeah. Rice. Some of the lesser teams they faced on their schedule, they gave up a lot of yards yeah. and a lot of points. And well, it's also Caleb Williams is back next year, right? Yes, he is. It. I was watching Bryce Young in Alabama this year too yeah. and they had a, a, a bit of a and that to me is what USC needs to avoid like a guy wins the Heisman his first year Bryce Young won the Heisman yes right? Alabama won they were there and yes they, you know and and to me it's it's you gotta when a when a Heisman winning quarterback is coming back yeah you gotta do right by him you gotta do better sure you know, and I, I think they will though. I think I think Lincoln Riley's got this going. That to me just felt like a letdown game. It felt like a, just a bowl game, and it's not the bowl game you were trying to be in. Well, just observation here. 
so I went through the ESPN top 300 uh, prospects okay. uh, for this coming uh, You went through all 300? I, I just looked through all 300, saw where everybody was okay. going to school. Yeah. And there were only two defensive players in the top 300 wow. that committed to USC. Okay. At least as of right now. Transfer um, portal. Transfer portal is where they should be. Yeah. They should be digging into the transfer portal. And I think there's some real self-examination that's got to go on. I mean, yeah. you can't you, you can't give up all those points and all that yardage, uh, whether it's to Rice or to Utah or to Tulane. Yeah. You just can't. You've, you're a you're a major football program you've got arguably arguably the most electric offense in college football yeah and a premier coach and the premier quarterback in i i think caleb williams is the best college quarterback i've ever seen wow you've got to back him up you've yeah. got to give him a defense for next year and hopefully whether it's alex grinch or we'll talk about this alex grinch has been uh, Lincoln Riley's defensive coordinator for years back to Oklahoma. You got the opportunity to hire any defensive coordinator yep. in the country, and maybe that's something that's got to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Lincoln Riley's known as an offensive genius, right? He's a guy who people want to play for, sure. quarterbacks want to play for, receivers. He's the draw. Yeah. He's the draw. The idea that, you know, when USC was good last time, it was because Pete Carroll was the draw. Right. right? Well, Pete's a, def- a defensive coach. Yep. Right, Nick Saban, he's a defensive coach. These guys are Kirby Smart, defensive coach. They're the the head coach. Oftentimes, especially when you have a high profile program like this, is the draw. Um, you know, I I'd say Lane Kiffin is a draw. Now he, he seems to get draw. quarterbacks sure. through the portal, and and but he's an offensive coach. Yep. And so, to me, it you need to get somebody on the defensive side of the ball that's the draw. Yeah, that that guys want to play for. That they would enter the portal and say, Hey, I want to go play for that guy. Right. Because Lincoln Riley is the draw for all the other offensive players. I mean, for Everybody years, wants to be in that for years at USC, Monty Kiffin was the yeah. guy. Everybody wanted to play for Monty That's Kiffin, right. and they were able to attract, you know, premier defensive players to the yep. program. And I'm not saying they don't have premier defensive players. Obviously, they have the defensive player of the year in the yep. uh, Pac-12 conference. Uh, and but it's it's just it it's a disappointment to see them lose games the way that they did. Yep. which is by defensively really collapsing uh we'll talk about that more as we as we get through the week and by the way ireland's going to join us at three o'clock then he's back on the show tomorrow so that'll be the first yeah, uh, 2023 i feel like i haven't Mason seen ireland, ireland forever the lakers have been on the road for weeks he's been gone for a while now um it's been has it been oh we did a you had one show i think in december two one show in Was december two, two shows Jorge? in december one show together the set, the, there was one show you're off, like you were in different places. He was in Sacramento, right. you were here. I was here, right? And then you had one show. Where you one were show in person. I feel like they've been gone all of December. Well, they basically well, have. They I have mean, the entire holiday weird, period. Yeah. They were gone. They were gone for Thanksgiving. They were gone for Christmas. Yep. They were gone for New Year's. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I went into a I'm game sure last night. I'm sure they're gone for Valentine's Day and St. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's Day <laughs> yeah. and Arbor Day. I mean, I think Arbor they're probably gone Day. for every But they won a couple Day. games. I mean, you know, they, they won they in did. Charlotte. You know what's happening in the NBA right now is that the teams that are tanking are now starting to actually tank. Yes. There was that everybody was putting up like, some good theater for a couple months there. And now, now the race for Wimbanyana is actually Absolutely on. on. Absolutely on. All right, coming up next for you. 
Kirk Morrison, former NFL player, of course, uh, part of the 710 ESPN family, does NFL Network, all that stuff, post-game for the Rams. He'll join us with his perspective on the uh, tragic situation involving Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, who at this moment is hospitalized in a trauma care unit in Cincinnati uh, after collapsing last night during the Bills-Bengals game. Mason in Ireland, Momo's in for John, 710 ESPN.